everybody, welcome to the world's greatest Spider-Man podcast. Here comes the Spider-Cast. I'm your co-host, Mike Allen. As always, I'm joined by... Joshua Merval. Today, we're going to be taking a look at Spidey Comics from September of 1988. That's right. And we are joined once again by G.I. Jolie. Hello. I almost said <laughs> happy Star Wars Day, but I realized... Yeah, someone will come out. Yeah, yeah. Th- this is recorded three years in advance, so I don't even know if we'll have a Star Wars day by then. But, uh, yeah, and then we're also joined by Bex Luthor. Hello. To date this episode recording even further, let's hurry up so that I can go watch Moon Knight. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't been on my phone all day. <laughs> um, also, special returning guest for his third appearance, Dave Constantino. Hey, I feel like everyone has a cool like nickname, and I don't have one. That's but true. That's okay. We'll think of one. By the I, end of this episode, cool. we'll have one for you, okay? Your name is Constantino. That's pretty badass just oh, by wait, itself. Wait. Like, you could just be Constantine. What about Hellblazer? I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping it would be like Spider-Man related, but hey, that's all right. Okay. Okay. I'll, um, as we're going through the episode, I'll think of a few and I'll and I'll toss them your way. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe I shouldn't have said anything. Too late. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's continue. Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Anytime. Okay, so we're going to start off with the third part of the Cult of Love storyline in Web of Spider-Man. And um, Josh, you're going to tell us what happened in this one. Right. So this is Web of Spider-Man number 42. Uh, like Mike said, it's part three of uh, this ongoing story with the Cult of Love. Um, this one's called Pressure. And we're picking up where we left off last time. And we're like picking up on this cliffhanger where we're, we're like... Uh, we're in suspense, wondering if Peter Parker is going to join this cult after watching a miracle that was actually we learned uh, that was actually faked uh, by this by the cult leader named the teacher. So the teacher kind of like talks to the guy that he's so-called healed. Um, and we kind of get the ending of the narration by Ben Urich and the guy that they're interviewing with Flash Thompson and, um, the, 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 this like big meeting ends up dispersing at the cult and, uh, the teacher looks at Peter Parker and Peter's like, uh, something weird is going on here. So he starts like kind of like booking it, uh, and gets lost in the crowd. He ends up looking over and sees Betty talking to Tracy, who is the younger sister of Kate Cushing um, that she talked about last issue that went missing in the Cult of Love. So he, Peter now knows that um, she is safe. So uh, teacher ends up catching up with Peter and stops him and says, hey, I believe this is yours. And he pulls out the uh, Spider-Man mask. Uh, We cut back over to MJ, who is at this lingerie modeling gig, and she's unsure if she's going to do it. She's kind of hemming and hawing. Well, I haven't talked to Peter yet, so she's like, I'm going to wait and uh, talk to my husband before uh, I go through with this. Cut back to uh, Ben Urich and Flash. They're kind of like, you know... Don't really know what to do yet, so they kind of part ways. Um, 
Flash goes off and uh, to like volunteer with Pal, which is like a, a kids, almost like a Big Brother type of uh, 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 organization. We cut back to the cult where teacher is walking with Peter and he's kind of explaining everything. Like, hey, you know, uh, I'm not going to tell anybody what's going like who you are. Uh, I'm going to keep that a secret. I just want to let you know that like we're a peaceful, um, peaceful group of people. We're all about love and healing and blah, blah, blah. He pretty much gaslights Peter into believing that the healing was real and that this is actually a good place. So Peter leaves this place thinking, wow, this is so strange. I thought that Betty was in trouble, but it turns out that maybe this isn't such a bad place uh, after all. So he goes back to the bugle and uh, tells Kate and Ben Urich about what happened. And he kind of omits the location because he doesn't want and doesn't feel like they should go in and break it up because it's, you know, nothing illegal is happening, or at least they don't, he, he never saw anything illegal happening in this cult. So, um, he leaves, calls MJ, who he hasn't seen in like two days straight and pretty much is like, yeah, yeah, sure. The modeling thing, whatever you want to do. Uh, I don't care. I trust your instinct. So he leaves. She's like, what the hell? That That's all he's got to say to me. Okay, fine. Looks like I'm going to be taking this, these lingerie pictures. So she does that. We cut over to um, the basketball court where Flash is hanging out with the kids and Spider-Man comes by to kind of talk to him about what's going on and fill him in on the whole cult of love thing. Uh, Flash kind of turns on Spider-Man once he says like, hey, I don't think we should do anything. They're not bad people. Like, you know, uh, nothing bad is happening. So we shouldn't go and take Betty away because she seems happy there. So he's really upset about what's going on. Spidey leaves. Flash is talking to like the other coach that's there who's like a, a former cop or like or currently a cop. I can't remember, remember, but he's like, oh, yeah, the the cult of love. I did a raid on, uh, on that facility once, blah, 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 blah. So Flash is like, OK, well, let's team up. We'll do a raid and we'll go save my friend Betty. Cut back over to Betty, who is kind of curled up in the uh, in, in a ball under a tree at the facility. And that guy from like, I think the first issue that made the flamethrower and was attacking Spider-Man. He shows up with a lighter and is trying to like calm her down and says some sort of like weird mumbo jumbo about how the flame calms him and he's not allowed to have fire anymore, but he swiped this lighter from one of the guards. So uh, we cut back over to Flash and Ben. They're talking. He brings uh, Ben Urich into the, the fold and fills him in on his plan to go kidnap Betty. Uh, oh wait, no, this isn't Ben. Sorry, this is the. Um, I th- for some reason I thought he met up with Ben Urich, but he actually meets up with the priest, yeah, right? Pre- yeah, I was confused the, too, the, but he's definitely the priest, the priest that they interviewed. Yeah, okay. People. Right. So we cut. O- we cut over, and Spidey goes to visit Doctor Druid, who is like the dollar store version of Doctor Strange. Uh, essentially uh, and he's like hey couldn't find Doctor Strange do you think you can give me some advice and then 
that's it <laughs> that's all we see of this dude yeah. uh we cut back over and flash and ben are there and they break into the facility uh in this van and they're like tearing the place up swat bursts out of the back of the van they find betty and then this cop a swat guy says to betty okay betty come along easy and you'll be fine but one word and i'll deck you and she turns around and shouts pig and then he says that was the word and punches her out knocks her out completely and then lies to them and says that nothing happened she just fell asleep she fainted when i when i grabbed her um so we cut back to spider-man we do not get to see the conversation between him and druid he pretty much just recaps that um oh yeah he says um i'm on my own or that you know that follow your instincts essentially like he doesn't give any useful information Mm -hmm. um flash then calls uh spider-man he swings over and says hey we got a big problem and he walks into the apartment or peter walks into the apartment and um we see betty is tied to uh, a chair in in their apartment and that's kind of where we we leave off this this issue and uh left on a little bit of a cliffhanger there but this is a this is a strange one it definitely feels like an in-between uh issue like it's it feels like it's kind of servicing maybe part four more than it being like a story in and of itself um i'm curious to see what dave thinks yeah uh, after reading this one like jumping into a part three of a story because this is um yeah it's a strange one this issue so yeah dave we obviously these are published monthly they're all usually multi-part epics so you don't know what happened before this issue so what did you think of this one well i i agree that it feels like it was like an in-between thing um how many were there total for this was Two. it four i think this is there's part four three, so yeah but were there four total like does i end? think there's four total yeah in there's this one more game. after this yeah I'm curious to find out what happens. To be honest, uh, I I found it like I knew it was like the middle of other stuff that happened, and it's interesting, I guess, because you guys probably read the other ones, um, and I didn't. Uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> I thought it was still pretty good. Um, it's still pretty interesting. It was strange, the whole cult thing. I feel like cult stories are often very strange, no matter how you how you do it, uh, but. I thought it was weird, like, Spider-Man was like, oh, everything's okay, like, just leave Betty there. Um, I had a question, though. (laughs) I don't know everything about Spider-Man, okay? (laughs) Who the hell's Flash Thompson? Did he become Venom or something later? Eventually, he does. Yeah, Yeah, one of the Venoms. He was the guy that bullied Peter Parker in high school. And then they all they became casual friends. Then they became best friends. Okay. And then okay. years later, yeah, he became Venom, I think. Then he lost his legs in the Iraq War, didn't he? Yeah, and that's when he becomes Venom. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, because I like I remember the name, and I remember he. I was like, isn't this guy like one of the Venoms later on? Anyways, okay. He's, also He's in the- all of the trilogies too like he's in the andrew garfield the toby and the tom holland movies yeah yeah because yeah. i remember the name and see, obviously i've seen those movies i was just it's been a while uh 
but okay, thanks for filling mm-hmm. me in on that. So he's kind of an ass that's trying to not be an ass anymore. Uh, yeah. Just Spider-Man. Right. Um, well, maybe not Peter Parker because he doesn't. Does he? Does he doesn't know that he's Spider-Man? No. He d- no. he doesn't okay. know, but they've kind of become friends since high school. Yeah. And okay. they've kind of made up. And Flash has always been a f- really big fan of Spider-Man, even when he was bullying Peter. Because right. again, he he obviously doesn't know. Yeah. He's he- like, oh, I wish Peter could see me. I wish Spider-Man could see me beat up Peter Parker. Yeah. yeah. So great. <laughs> then he would like uh, me. Okay. Anyways, uh, yeah, I thought the story was interesting. Like, it was obvious that it was part of a a story that was already developing. And it was like an in-between before the final part of whatever happens in this storyline. But I did think it was interesting. It was interesting because Spider-Man was kind of the one that he got brainwashed, I guess, by this teacher guy. Um, But it wasn't the typical, like, brainwash thing. You know, it wasn't like, he was just like, oh, they're okay. Um, so I don't know. I just thought, I thought it was good. Um, but like, I was a little lost, <laughs> uh, because I hadn't seen the others, but I could basically put, put it together. Um, but yeah, I, I would say it was a very good issue. I, I'm, I'm curious to how the actual series plays out. Um, maybe I'll read the fourth one. Are you going to read that one next? Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Oh, maybe I, maybe I can read it too. Okay. Yeah. Um, but anyways, no, I thought, I thought it was good. Um, it reminded me a lot of those like early classic Spider-Man comics I used to read, um, even though I didn't know the full story. That's great. All right. Uh, G.I. Jolie, what'd you think of this one? <clears throat> I feel like Mary Jane should leave Peter. <laughs> no kidding. Whatever. Well, that uh, was, I didn't touch on that, but yeah, that was, um, yeah, she should. Uh, but anyways, continue. <laughs> no, it's, no, yeah. It's like D- Dave pretty much nailed it on the head for me about like the the A plot. I'm going to call yeah. that the A plot. Um, even though I've read the first two issues of this, it's... Uh, it, I like that even though you don't... You, or you haven't read the first two issues, you can pretty much guess... Yeah. what's going on it's it's very it's not convoluted which is nice um however the stuff with mary jane is kind of troubling for peter story-wise b plot yeah. um how it, what 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 is the what is their age what are they like 24 well it's they never say for sure but right um and like I, I get it, there's a lot of uh, a lot of new marriages hit some bumps, but mm-hmm. like they they're they're two very busy people. Outside of the fact that they both know he's Spider Man now, she was busier than him even before they they married each other. Mm-hmm. So I find it very strange that they have like this weird codependency when they're together that only sort of comes up when they're apart like like for instance in this book she's like well that that you know suddenly they okay sorry they were really good friends before they got married too right and they weren't this dependent on each other but they sort of were and they sort of weren't so now that they're married you would think that it wouldn't matter that much like mary jane should know what peter thinks 
she shouldn't really have to ask outside of saying, oh, hey, by the way, there's like something a little bit risky that I'm contemplating doing, which is, you know, doing a lingerie shoot. Like, why wouldn't she know how he would answer that? I feel like she did ask his permission. No, I feel like she did. Yeah, that that was kind of strange. Like, I feel like she did know how he well, would probably answer, but he wasn't really paying attention to what she was. He was. Can saying. I? Can I also point out quickly? Do you guys think that Mary Jane was originally completely naked, and they added the lingerie in post, or do you think it was always meant to be lingerie? At first, I thought it was not lingerie because of that first shot, or not shot. That first panel square or whatever square yeah the first panel she disrobes and she her you see her legs so you kind of go oh well she's naked but then the next panel there's lingerie on her but i know the comics back in the 80s sometimes they would be a little bit risque like you know john i think it was barry winter smith or john buscema drew conan with a girl naked in a, in a river and they just added you know underwear to her or something What's that? Or leaves, yeah, or something. So it's definitely possible they added that. But I got the impression it was she was she was originally naked. But and I feel like she probably was, when she comes out of the closet, uh, or out of the dressing room in just a robe. I think the suggestion is that she's supposed to be completely nude. She's, right. She looks like she's completely nude under there. Right. Um, <laughs> and well, then she like runs off. Right. So maybe, yeah. Like, and honestly, it wouldn't actually be that hard to draw the small bits of lace that they drew onto her body. Right, mm-hmm. right. Um, I just think I could have done without the weird, creepy commentary from the photographer because that was that's all pigeonhole. Let's pigeonhole every photographer, like fashion <laughs> photographer, who's a male. He was a creep. My yeah, God, it's it's a bummer that they couldn't take this little B plot seriously because it could be kind of an interesting conversation to have. Um, and yeah, I, it 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 was just made into like a gimmick, like an eye candy type thing, where it's like MJ's hot. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that part of the story was pretty disappointing. Um, I will say there, there were two parts in the story that I really didn't care for. It was the MJ plot, and then the druid part, because it, it's like a weird <laughs> subplot to get Peter to realize that that the cult is bad again. Like it, it, it was. It's like. They shoved a page into the comic because they were like, oh, shit, we have to. Well, how are we going to get Peter to realize that that the cult is bad? How are we how are we going to do this? Is he going to go to the facility and find it himself? Is he going to do some investigating after getting some pushback from Flash and he finds the balloon? No, no, that's that's not it. We're going to have to have him talk to this guy that nobody's ever heard of before. And then they're going to have a conversation off screen yeah, about was- how like oh you're just an idiot peter yeah, yeah. Uh, you're just an, you're not just not as smart as i am who would know better than to fall for a trick like that so like, it would have oh, been wow. interesting sorry it would have been interesting if they would have and i know this was done a long time ago but if they would have maybe they could have even tied in the mary jane thing with that storyline maybe 
she could have been like more developed and been like, hey, like, what the hell's wrong with you? You're brainwashed, you idiot. And I'm doing lingerie exactly. photos. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. I feel like, yeah, that was weird. Um, yeah. I know Becca's got a lot to say. Bex Luthor, like, we haven't heard from you. <laughs> I don't have a lot to say because oh. I don't care about this comic book at all. Mm. Um, okay. The yeah, the Mary Jane stuff, just just absolute garbage. Like mm. literally just existing so that they could draw her hot on some pages. Um, I feel like Mary Jane, yeah, she's the cool party girl, but I don't feel like she'd be so flippant about a decision to do a, a nude or a, a lingerie photo shoot just because she's a little bit ticked at Peter for an hour. Like, it made it yeah. seem like such a rash decision. She's like, you know what, Peter? Fine, as punishment for not list like calling me back or coming home, I'm gonna be naked on a, a magazine. And it's like, what is that gonna accomplish? And why is Mary Jane being so petty all of a sudden? Like, mm -hmm. she's been only very supportive and understanding of her husband at this up to this point, and now she's just being like, oh, my wife, like she's so annoying. Oh my god, you guys. <laughs> it was, just, and then Peter is an idiot in this whole comic. He's like. Oh, is it real magic? I don't know. Better go ask a magician. Hey, Dr. Druid, I know we don't know each other at all, but, like, do you think that somebody <laughs> could fake this? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, real easily. Uh, yeah. And then at one point, isn't he like, oh, no, that's enough information. You don't need to come come with me anymore or something? Like, yeah. <laughs> I just, it's just like, Peter, you have a, a sense whenever there's danger around. You think if some man grabbed into another man's stomach and pulled out part of his body, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know, feel so, a little tingle. Just a little one? Like, <laughs> I, it just, I know it's supposed to be, like, look how easy for it is to go, to succumb to a cult, but, like, that's what the Betty part is. I don't need to see Peter also, like, mm -hmm. be, Peter, who is supposed to be our smart protagonist, fall for something so obviously stupid yeah I, i'm definitely curious to see what the whole thing is with this cult because if they are actually in danger there then his spider senses should have been going off the entire time right but i i get how for the story they could be like oh his spider senses didn't go off during the fake uh, healing because nobody was in danger. But if they were actually in danger and they're like using these people for something in this cult, then they were all in danger and his spider senses should have been going off. That's, so I'm, that's pretty well. I personally don't even like the idea of Spider Man's spider sense, but that would mean that the spider sense can see the future because if there's no immediate danger, how would the spider sense know? Something dangerous ha is happening, or well, what but, I'm saying is Peter's his sense didn't go off, so like he should know that it's fake. <laughs> but it, yeah. But if somebody was using magic to heal somebody, then it's for real. His spider sense wouldn't go off because he's right. The magician is healing them, right? He was, but he was like shoving his hand in his body, supposedly. I guess so. Well, yeah. I, I don't know. Way, I, I'm. Yeah. It's just, Let's... it's a whole lot of, like, we really need to, like, Peter just needs to think about it for a second. I, I think that's the thing, right, is I, I think I would be able to, like, forgive that completely 
because the the story needs to go in a certain direction so if he's like oh my god is this really happening and he has to spend this issue like thinking about that or believing it that is fine like coincidence to get into a situation makes sense but coincidence to get out of a situation is like just lazy writing right you know what i mean so it's like so for him to just be like you know what i think i'll just ask a magician i guess and then he's like okay it's fake like it's that whole plot point is useless he might as well have just not been faked by it at all right so like yeah that that's my issue with it is not the not the spider sense or anything at the beginning it's the way that they get out of it sorry mike well no the thing is is unfortunately because it's a marvel story you have to remember that in this universe there is real magic so Mm. it we can't apply the same rules of logic to him that we would to a normal person but um, the whole Dr. Drew thing was so useless. It was so poorly done. However, I do want to point out some interesting fact about Dr. Drew that I just found out. I knew that he was originally called Dr. Droom, but his name was changed, presumably so that people didn't confuse him with Dr. Doom. But did you guys know he's actually older than the Fantastic Four and he first appeared in March 1961? Mm, no, I did not Cre- yeah, know that. Yeah, created by Stanley and Jack Kirby. And he appeared in a uh, Marvel, or sorry, he appeared in Amazing Fantasy, which was Spider-Man's. Remember, he first appeared in Amazing Fantasy mm-hmm. fifteen, but Doctor Droom appeared in the series when it was called Amazing Adventures. He appeared in number one to number seven, I think, and he was for, wow. forgotten about for like fifteen years, and then they brought him back. But the other thing that's weird about him is when he was introduced as a Caucasian, and then when he became a magician, he was actually transformed into an Asian. Isn't that crazy? Is that crazy or racist? Ooh, a little yeah. bit of both. A little bit of both. Oh, okay. Yeah, because he was also trained by the ancient one. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, that oh. might have been a retcon, but yeah. Maybe, maybe, yeah. But yeah, anyway. he was trained. That's how he learned his magic was from the ancient one. Interesting. And then he was like, I'm the best, mag- best sorcerer out there. And then Doctor Strange is like, no. Uh-huh. No, me. no, man. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, so before we wrap up the review of this issue, Dave, I want to ask you about the artwork. What did you think of the art in this issue by Alex Saviak? Um, let me pull it up. Okay. <laughs> Don't you already have it up in front of you right now? Well, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I, I did. I did like the artwork. It had that, you know late 80s early style um early style what the hell am i saying early 90s style um it's not the 90s yet for these but that's 88 yeah 88 it's close um yeah i don't know i i didn't see an issue with the artwork i it reminded me of just the classic um comic book style from that time period right i agree very classic I also want to say one more thing about Dr. Druid. He was voted the fourth worst Avenger of all time by Newsarama magazine. Hell yeah. Anyway. Fourth worst? Yep. Who was worse than him? I don't I don't believe that he could be the fourth worst. Who's the worst worst? Uh would you like me to find out? Because I can clean yes. out a link. Okay, I now mean, the, is this is Star what the Fox? podcast is about now. It's gotta be um, Star Fox, right? Crap. <laughs> you know what, guys? It it brings me to like a uh, a website that's just like the, like the the homepage, so it, I can't actually uh, read the original article, unfortunately. What what was the what was the uh, Newsarama? 
But if you want to, if you want to investigate that while we're talking, feel free. Newsarama top ten worst Avengers of all time. Maybe you can find it. Uh, oh, Newsarama was changed to Goliath, possibly. Who, what did you say? Uh, what was his? Oh no, it says ten. All right. So yeah, <laughs> number so, ten. Oh, you found Justice. it. Justice. Justice. Oh. oh, Justice originally called Vance Astro, and I called him. I called the fact that they changed his name to Justice Silly, and Fabian Nazieza called me out on Facebook. So, One of the many times he called me out. Anyway, go ahead. Good he likes news. To call you out. <laughs> Don't Stop know who that is. Off but Fabian okay. Let's see who's worse. It's it's Dr. it's our boy. Dr. It's our boy, Doctor Druid. He's the worst. Yeah. He's the worst. No, but who else is yeah. on the list? Just read the list quick. Stingray is number two. Oh. Who's number one? Doctor Druid. Doctor Druid. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's the shittiest one. Okay. Yeah. 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 Then Stingray. Three D Man is three. Yeah. Love it. Gilgamesh or the Forgotten One. U.S. That's Agent mean. is five. That's Six fair. is Jack of Hearts. That's also, also fair. fair. Seven Jacko. is Star Fox. Thank you. Eight is Mantis. Oh. oh Nine, sorry, Red girl. Hulk. Ten, Justice. Man. Just so finding out Mantis is half German, half Vietnamese, though. Half yeah. So they got, Asian Heritage Month, folks. They got it right in the movie, kind of. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Is her actress Vietnamese? The actress is half Asian. I know that. Sorry. Okay, well that's so. I don't know how to tell you this, but Asia's a big place. Oh. oh. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I think I'm technically half Asian. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So No, you're from the Le, what is it? How do you pronounce it? Levant? Levant? You know what I'm talking about? Lebanon. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no, no. not Lebanon. Uh... No, the Levant the L E V A N T is a name for all of like the Middle East, including Northern Africa. It's an oh. ancient name for that whole area. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Josh, huh? get cultured. Oh, Sorry. wait a minute. Technically, Dave Constantino, you're from you're Greek, right, Dave? I am not. Oh, what are you? <laughs> I am not. Italian? <laughs> Macedonian. Macedonian, also part of the Levant. Levant. Okay. Actually, no, it's not. Okay. Anyway, we're off way off course here. <laughs> Oh, yeah, some editing will be due. We're losing fans left and right here, guys. Jokes on you, no editing. Yeah, there you go. Okay. It all stays in, baby. So, Web of Spider Man. Cut uh, this section out. Another smash hit issue of Web of Spider Man. I like this one. Sure. I recommend it. Dave Constantino, do you recommend this issue? The one we were just talking about? <laughs> no, mm-hmm. the one we're going to talk about. Yes, the one yeah, we were just talking yeah. about. <laughs> no, did we move on to the second one yet? No, not we yet. No, we're not done oh, the episode God. yet. Okay. No. Yes, the first one, uh, well, yeah, I guess I wouldn't tell anyone not to read it. You know, there's... Yeah, it, it's there's all right. That. It's pretty good, but there's some parts that are kind of whatever. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, read it. Read them all. There you That's go. Love Dave on every episode. Okay, G.I. Jolie, you recommend this one? <laughs> Yeah, like Dave, I wouldn't tell anyone not to read it. <laughs> Sweet. Um, Joshua a- Merval, do you recommend this issue? Uh, honestly, not by itself. No, I think if um, if you're in- if you're interested and you read the first two and you liked it, then yeah, continue it to finish the story. But as an issue by itself, it's mm, I don't know. Whatever. All right. Yeah. Who's left? Who's left? Oh yeah, Bex Luthor. Do you recommend this one? 
It's always me that's left. <laughs> Anybody left here in the call? No? No, okay. no nobody? Okay. All right. Moving Parker, on. what did you think? <laughs> to be fa- fair, a more important opinion than mine. Um, I, I don't want to give a recommendation until we conclude this one, because if the conclusion mm. sucks, then I can say don't read any of it. But if it's cool, or at least enjoyable, then I could say yeah. So I'll hold off this week. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, actually, can I say one real quick thing before we move on? Sure. Do you guys think that the priest is still involved in this cult? Ooh. Ooh. Maybe. That's the only reason I said that is because he lives at, his address is 666. Ooh. Oh, sick. Maybe so he's I'm not like, a priest then. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, the priest lives at 666. I'm like, something's... But he hasn't done anything else, though, I don't think, to make him seem suspicious. But I'm just like, I don't know. That's a weird thing that to address. put in. And they put the address in twice in, the, in like, both panels. You see the building. Mm-hmm. It's 666. So it's just strange. Hmm. So. All right. So we'll mm. hold off on Bex's recommendation. And now we're going to jump to the spectacular Spider-Man. Oh, no, we're not. Amazing nope. Spider-Man. Quit skipping me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to do Amazing Spider-Man 304. Uh, also, I want to point out a quick side note. I once, uh, about five, uh, maybe ten years ago, I sold all my Amazing Spider-Mans for a very dirt cheap price, and I regret it. And I went to a comic convention about five years ago with G.I. Julian Bex Luthor in Sarnia. Do you guys remember, I went around shopping for comics, and I actually bought this issue. A comic that I'd already bought and sold, and I reread it while we were sitting there because I was insane. I don't know if you guys remember that, but... You being insane? Yes, that exact yeah. moment, no. No, okay. So yeah, I was just, it was one of those things where I have such a compulsion to like collect that I bought a comic I'd already bought and sold. But anyway, that was this issue. And Bex <laughs> Luthor is going to tell us what happens in this one. Do you still have it or did you sell it again? No, I sold it again. Yep, okay. Nice. So I mean, he's going to buy it again. Just, just checking. Yeah. Um, There's an echo. Does anyone else hear that? Yeah, I just, saw, I just heard that as well. An echo? Hello? Seems to be gone now. Okay. Cool. Testing, testing. Sick. Okay. <laughs> what a fun ghost. Um, <laughs> all right. So, yeah. Amazing. What is it? 304? Pretty lackluster cover, unfortunately. But, you know, what can you do? We start off the, the comic with J. Jonah Jameson showing off his, um, his graphic design is my passion cover of his collection of Spider-Man photos that Peter has taken over the years. Just the worst font choice. Um, but whatever. And he shows it to Peter, and he's like, hey, get a load of this. And Peter's like, oh my god, how could you do this? How could you publish every picture I've ever taken my entire life into one little pamphlet? Um, without asking me, which is the first thing. And, of course, the lawyers jump in, and they're like, uh, technically, when you sold these photos to the Bugle, they're, they're his property now so whatever but we will like give you a hundred dollars <laughs> and then he's like super mad about that like a hundred dollars not enough money and then they're like well if you go on a book tour um we're gonna give you royalties for the book when you promote the book and he's like oh cool i'll do that that sounds great um and then they're like also bring spider-man and he gets very upset about this and he's like who do you think i am spider-man and, <laughs> um so um Peter swings off, and he's he's a little perturbed because he was actually excited that him, Peter Parker, one of Peter Parker's talents, was getting acknowledged, and maybe he could do this without Spider-Man, even though, ironically, it is just 
a huge book of selfies. Um, <laughs> so he's just swinging around the city, and he comes across a couple goons who are in a knife fight over $5, and Peter, Peter disrupts them on his way home. He s jumps into his house or his apartment with Mary Jane, scares her, and tells her that, oh, hey, we're going on tour for this book that I didn't know I was making. Um, we're going to California. You in? She's like, yep, sure I am. So they go tell Aunt May the good news, and she seems pretty excited, and it's a very sweet moment. And then we switch over to Beverly Hills, where the Black Fox, everybody's favorite silver fox um, burglar, is is the last time we saw Black Fox, he, w he was telling Peter, he's like, this is my last heist, I'm retiring, and that's it, and I'm done. Obviously a lie. Um, he's still heisting things, but this time, this is the last one. So he's in a mansion that apparently the owner is on vacation, he's drinking their champagne, and he calls the police and he's like, Hey, I'm the guy who owns this house. Don't, don't arrest anybody in there. And they believe him for some reason. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Um, so Peter and Mary Jane are leaving their apartment, and then this very definitely not a creepy man shows up. And he's like, hey, this is my first name and last name, even though you didn't ask. Also, you dropped your keys. And they're like, well, yeah, maybe we'll get dinner when we get back. Have you met my husband? And Peter's like, hi, I'm her husband. And he's like, absolutely does not care. So can't wait to see where this creepy guy come goes next. And it's definitely not going to be good. <laughs> so they take a plane. They go to California. The publicist is talking to Mary Jane and Peter about their schedule. Um... And they do have a little bit of free time today before they have to start going and doing all their book tour things. Um, so they go to Disneyland. <laughs> um, I would. And Peter talks about how, like, oh, I was always trying to support, like, Uncle Ben and Aunt May. I never got to go, so, like, we gotta go. So they go to Disneyland, and it's very, very cute. And then their publicist had got them tickets to this, like, gala to help you know, talk about the book signing. I don't, I don't, I don't know why anybody here, any of these really rich hoity-toity LA people would give a shit about a book about Spider-Man pictures, but they go. Mary Jane looks great, as always. Peter is there. Um, <laughs> Black Fox is also there because he wants to steal the, like, chalice that this event is for. Like, it's like a celebration of this, this cup before it goes back to its country of origin. Which I thought was nice, because that never happens. The, the artifacts never go back to where they're supposed to be. So, Peter spots the Black Fox sneaking around, and he's like, Oh shit, I know that guy. Better sneak off. So, he leaves Mary Jane to talk to all the, the, the people, and he, he sneaks off to go change into his Spidey outfit. While Black Fox gasses some people and then steals the chalice. And then Spider-Man shows up, and Black Fox is like, Oh shit, Spider-Man, why aren't you in New York? Don't worry about it. There's a little tussle, and um, Black Fox gets away, but Spider-Man bursts into the ballroom with all of the people, and he's like, oh crap, people can't know that Spider-Man's here, because Peter Parker's here. And Mary Jane, thank God she exists, is like, oh, everybody, welcome Spider-Man, he's here to help us promote the, the book tour with my husband, Peter Parker. And then he's, he's like, ah, crud, alright, well here I am, Spider-Man. And then, so, Black Fox is currently getting away. He drops the chalice, and the freaking Prowler picks it up. Ooh. So, that's rad. And we ended on that. <laughs> that's great. And, 
Yeah. Kind of short for amazing, I think. Usually it goes on a little bit longer than this. So, first of all, we got the return of the Black Fox, which is cool. I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I thought this was... I mean, considering I've read this issue just recently, as you know, because I rebought it. Uh, I think it was, a, you know, a fairly good issue. Amazing is always kind of, uh, I guess, typical, you could say. Not typical, but kind of generic. And this is a little bit more exciting than average. I like the plots that they've introduced. And, I, and obviously, I've reread these many times, and I know where this is going. I know where the subplot's going to go. I won't spoil anything. But I thought this was a pretty good issue. Uh, Josh, what did you think of this one? Uh, yeah, it was pretty fun, straightforward. Uh, MJ is the best always in Amazing so far. She's like an actual duo with Peter. Um, like she's yeah. an actual character. She's like, it really feels like they have a real relationship and they talk to each other and like, she's a character. It's so interesting. Uh, it's so cool to see a character from her. Um, like her jumping in and saving Peter by introducing Spider-Man to the gala instead of it being like, a, oh, God, I wasn't supposed to be here. Like, it feels supernatural. And she like brings him in and like, it's so great. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're kind of like fun banter and back and forth in, in the limo when he when Peter gets the idea to go to Disneyland. Like, they're so uh that's where this issue shines i think um it's cool to see black fox and i like the character but like he's not really doing anything exciting the reveal of prowler is cool but and it's like a fun subplot that like jj stole all of peter's pictures to make a book to to make more money but like Mm -hmm. i think that this issue shines with their relationship and the two of them like hanging out so yeah, that's yeah, my whole point. take on this one. Yeah, it's it's like, yeah, there was a couple of issues of Amazing that were a little bit rough, but I think this one bounces back. And I love the way that when Spider-Man just shows up at the gala, that she thinks quick and just, just you know, incorporates it into what they're doing. I think that was mm-hmm. awesome. It was a great moment. Yeah. And I love the reveal of Prowler at the end. I actually forgot he was I, in this issue, so that was really I, I cool. Think, I think without her, it would have been a pretty average issue. Yeah. Uh, uh, of spider-man that's a good point that's a good yeah. they're, they're really playing off each other well in this uh mm-hmm. gi julie what'd you think of this one <clears throat> excuse me the contrast too between the mary jane that we just read and the mary jane in this comic is so stark mm-hmm. um, and i can't believe editors allowed that to happen at the time like that and then the spectacular from last issue last month as well like she's yeah. like ah, i don't really care about your problems yeah she's like three different people Mm -hmm. she's like moon knight Mm um uh i liked this issue better than the the better than web web i actually really enjoyed this issue i like when superheroes do things that are like weird for superheroes to do like go on a book tour (laughs) super fun and it's like, oh, and I guess my wife is coming, too, because I have one. And she's awesome. She just happens to, like, turn it out through the whole issue, which is rad. Uh, however, I'm not sure how I feel about the whole Black Fox thing yet. It's kind of, um... It's the start of a caper, I think. If You know what I mean? It feels like they're mm-hmm. starting something and they're not giving me enough yet to be super intrigued 
by why he's there. Right. Other than, like, other than I know he's just there to steal shit. Mm-hmm. Like, well, why? Why? I don't know. Do you know, Dave? <laughs> Dave Constantino, do you know why Black Fox is there? He wants to steal shit. There you go. Okay, Bex Luthor. No, just kidding. Uh, Dave, so I know, again, you're kind of coming in the middle, but this is kind of the beginning of a new story. So what would you think of this yeah. one? I, I'm i in agreement that the drastic difference in Mary Jane's character is so much better in this issue. Like, you know, she's an actual person, not like the other one where it was just like, here's something that's in this issue. But, um, yeah, no, I just think this woman is actually really well written. I liked it. I liked a lot. I just think it was a good, I would recommend this one. I think it's a good issue. I did like the storyline about the book thing. Uh, I also thought it was funny. Also a terrible name for the book as well. Uh, (laughs) Bexy commented on the bad font. Yes, but he just called it webs. Like what the hell is that? He don't, well, he doesn't well, care. He just wants some money. Yeah, I think it's an okay name. I don't know. It's an okay name. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what else they could have called it. Was it was an excuse to draw the the title of the book in all in webs. Oh, uh, you know what? Yeah, that's probably yeah. what it was. Yeah. It would have been interesting if they called it like Web of Peter Parker or something to kind of like combine <laughs> the two titles of the yeah. of the comics or right, something because right, right. it is it is just like even the font that they used is just the comic font the old logo from web right so mm-hmm. <laughs> actually yeah why don't they just call it uh web of peter parker a tale of lies <laughs> <laughs> um anyways uh no I, I would recommend it i thought it was good um yeah i don't know all right all right uh bex luthor have you given your review yet no i just i just recapped it okay uh, no I, this one was bex is here too. Yeah. <laughs> no, so sorry. Go ahead, Bex. What'd you sorry. say? I gotta go. <laughs> you guys are lucky. I have no other friends because, like, I don't. I couldn't. I wouldn't take this bullying if I had anywhere else to go. Um, but I don't. So no, this was my favorite issue, and it's specifically because of the non-Spider-Man related things, like going to Disneyland with your wife. Your your aunt mother figure being proud of you for publishing a book all of like and talking about how proud uncle ben would be i like i like a good uncle ben reference when we're not talking about responsibility when we're just talking about him being a dad mm-hmm. i think that's really sweet and and i mean you guys already said it but just the ridiculous contrast of mary jane where she's actually like a character in this and not just peter's wife which i feel like sometimes like the reason like the the editing gets gets away with this is because half the time Peter's out of character. Like we've we've reviewed comics where we're like, why is Peter Parker being this way? Like this is so out of character right. for him. Right. Because there's not really a consistency, and I feel like some of these writers really don't know what to do with Mary Jane. Which I understand if you didn't want them to be married in the first place, probably right. So you just have the- to shoehorn her in sometimes. Yeah, it was kind of forced on all of them. So. But I think this is the best way, even if the this particular writer didn't necessarily want the, the marriage to happen. It happened, so now you have to deal with it. And having her be his partner because they're married, great. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Makes the most sense. And Mary Jane is smart. She isn't just pretty. Like, that's, that's... I feel like a lot of times everyone's like, wow, look at how hot Mary Jane is. But she's actually, like, a lot more than that. She has a lot of street smarts that Peter 
doesn't necessarily have because he's he's the bookend of that kind of spectrum. Right. So when she's just like on her feet, she's like, "Oh, here's Spider Man. We're promoting Spider Man book tour. It's great." Um, and I also really I like when Spider Man's not in New York, but not for like, like a book tour. That's an actual reason. Mm-hmm. Not where they're like, "We got th- there's a war in Europe. Go out, get over there." It's, it's like there's war everywhere. We're not just sending Peter and Kate Cushing everywhere. Yeah, at least this makes sense. And what makes the most sense is Jay Jonas taking all of Peter's pictures <laughs> and making more money off of them yeah. as much as possible. It's just everybody is very good in this in this book. Everyone is very on brand for the characters. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy that the lawyers just are there. They're like, actually, you don't own any of these. Mm-hmm. Um, very Jay Jonah. I like, yeah, no, it was just a fun read. I like Black Fox. I think he's a fun bad guy because he's like a harmless bad guy. Like you, you, he's do, he's stealing and he's being bad, but you're like, he's fun. He's fun, and you don't want to hate him. And some, and it's nice that that's the, the antagonist. It's not like the, Doc Ox trying to, just blow up New York. Right. Just because Spider Man's there. <laughs> Stupid. Right. Right. And he's just a dude too, which is yeah. super. And he's fun. old. I look at the fact that he's old. Right. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Older. I will yeah. say that I do. The, the, I think the one thing that I have an issue with, other than like, not much, is that, and it's like kind of a tangent too. Is why is it that everybody is always depicted as riding Splash Mountain whenever Disney is talked about? <laughs> That's that... it. It's, it's I guess it's just would... iconic. Yeah. Okay. It's like yeah. it's always like an establishing shot of Cinderella's castle, and then. Boom! Toad's Wild Ride. Mm-hmm. What would you rather have? Uh, the teacups? Dumbo. Mmm. But, like, the, it's 88, too, right? So it has to be yeah. 1988 Disneyland. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So I guess, um, yeah, I guess Splash Mountain's gonna be the one. I've never been there, so I immediately knew that these were two things that are in Disneyland, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. you are, actually, all you need to do is show the the Mickey Mouse balloons, and I know you're in Disneyland, but also, like, uh, Donald's back there. That's fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, every sitcom in the 80s, I just remember, like, every sitcom in the 80s, they'd always have a special... Mm-hmm. Uh, if they weren't going to Hawaii in the special, they were going to Disneyland, and they were always on Splash Mountain. And half of the family would always be standing on that bridge getting splashed by water. Like, mm-hmm. step by step, the actual theme song... The, the visual the imagery of them is at Disneyland. So it's like, okay, fine. Maybe Disney was like, was it new in the 80s or something? No. No, no I think it's in the 50s, isn't it? But yeah, it's been around for quite some time. Yeah, was there a down. resurgence Maybe. or something? Maybe. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, going to Disneyland is the Western sitcom TV equivalent of the beach episode in anime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Josh. Less fan service though. Josh, have you given your review yet? Yeah. Okay. All yeah, right. So, um, uh, Mike's just not paying attention to anybody <laughs> yeah. today. Uh, Dave, we have yeah. all talked about Todd McFarlane ad nauseum. Um, are you familiar with Todd McFarlane? Yeah, he's a Spawn guy. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what would you think of the art in this issue? Well, let me... I do have it up. Let me just reference it. Okay, no? sure. 
Okay, because I, you know, I got chastised earlier. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me just take a quick. Oh yeah. Okay. Huh. Hey, a little thing. Uh, side note here. I just the random page I went to was when Aunt May's singing about dancing. Uh, on the shirt is a Felix the cat. Oh yeah. Oh, remember there, I we yeah. found it. See every issue of. Uh, every comic he does, Todd McFarlane foot, uh, fixes, sorry, fits in a reference to Felix the Cat. So you really? found the reference this issue, yeah. Oh, I, I wasn't intending on finding it, but hey, it's like Waldo, I guess. Um, <laughs> I found him. Okay, so uh, what, what was the question? Todd McFarlane's you art. Would you think oh, of yeah. It? I, I love Todd McFarlane's art. I always have. Um, well, I think I ha- always have. <laughs> Anyways, well, no, I, I, I think... I didn't think the art was too drastically different from the previous one. Really? Okay. It, well, no, it was actually different, but <laughs> maybe okay. it wasn't as generic. I don't know. Well, here's the thing. We should point out. I don't know, I don't if you know guys, too much about the, the, the. We should point out this issue was penciled by Todd McFarlane, but it was inked by Joseph Rubenstein, who at the oh. time. Yeah. Who at the time was. Uh, kind of like the most prolific inker at Marvel, but also, in my opinion, the most generic. So I don't know if you guys notice a difference in the art style, but he makes it boring. Yeah, mm-hmm. he makes it more it... generic Marvel. And Julie, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. It was funny that everyone's why... like, "It was boring. It was shit." It was like, actually, it's really tight. Like almost, <laughs> he... and by tight, I mean like uptight. He fixes some mm. things. But he also makes it more like a typical Marvel comic, right? So, yeah, Josh, I was going to say thing, things feel a little bit more toned down this issue, and that definitely makes sense. Um, I think for better and for worse, I think it doesn't jump out as me as much the art, but it, at times it feels more solid than it would in previous issues because. Um, he's obviously a more skilled inker and artist than Todd McFarlane, but um, it is nice that Todd is still doing the penciling because um, there's still some like really fun, dynamic, interesting things happening. It just doesn't feel like it stands out as much, and um, it does kind of fall into like more of a status quo. And honestly, I don't mind it that much. Like, I feel like, um. It kind of grounds the art a little bit more while still having the storytelling. So I wouldn't mind if this becomes the status quo and this is kind of like where Amazing stays for a while. I'm I'm not sure. I know Todd McFarland stays on for a while, but I'm not sure if he's back to inking um, forever or. I think he does because this is the reason is because it goes by bi weekly next issue. So that's why I think he needed help because he was falling behind in deadlines. Mm. So I think it's going to be back to McFarlane Inks. But I, I do want to point out that the, the scene that you guys mentioned where they go on the Disney ride, there's actually a really creative jump cut where Peter and Mary Jane are sitting next to each other and then it's they're sitting next to each other on the ride. That's very cool. But look at the face, Peter's face there. I think there's nuances to his expression that Joseph Rubinson adds that McFarlane would not have added. And I think that's a strength of the inks in this issue. There's like subtlety to the shadows that mm. gives his face more of a shape, more of a realistic shape that I think is really cool. But, oh, go ahead. 
I think too less lines in the face. Like there's right. obviously still a lot of the, like Todd McFarlane seeping through the inks, but right. I feel like there would be way more lines on his face if it was, um, if if he was doing the inking as well. Well, also I think it also shows that Todd McFarlane is one of those guys, just like George Perez, where if he inks himself, he's ten out of ten. If anyone else inks him, it diminishes his impact. I think. Mm. So, I don't know. But I still think the art in this one's really good. Um, I just wanted to add, um, because, to be honest, I, I I saw the last two issues. They were similar. But what I wanted to say was, um, in this one that we read, everything seemed a little cleaner. Like, I don't know if that's the right word. But, like, the other one seemed a little grittier in some areas. Right. So that I, I, I feel like that might be because um, the other two issues are scans, while this one is a um, a digital recoloring. Okay. Yeah. So it could be the way they just upload. Yeah. It. But yeah, I, I didn't. I thought the art was good, but I didn't see a completely drastic difference. That's all. All right. Okay. Michael is bullying me in the text <laughs> chat. We're having a side conversation, so anyway. Um, Being bullied. <laughs> Stop it. Shouldn't bully other people. Didn't you learn anything from Spider-Man? There you go. That's why I need to read more Spider-Man, right? Well, actually, if you yeah. keep bullying them, then in the future you become their friend because they're actually a superhero. Mm. And then, no. And then I'll lose my legs in a war and then become Venom. Anyway. <laughs> Sounds dope. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, I thought this was a pretty good issue. I'm looking forward to what happens with the Prowler. Uh, so I definitely recommend this one. Dave, what about you? Yeah, I recommend it. G.I. Jolie? Yep. And Josh? Yes. And... That's Bex everybody. <laughs> Bex Luthor, do you recommend it? Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, oh my God. I'm going to keep my composure here. Now we're going to jump on to the next one, which is Spectacular Spider-Man. Oops, I had it on the wrong one here. Uh, 142, featuring the final showdown with Tombstone. Again, Dave, I apologize. This is like part four or five of a story. But anyway. so I, I, I have heard of Tombstone. I do, I'm familiar with him a bit yeah he's in the movie he's in the tv uh, sorry the cartoon not in the movies yet but he is in the cartoons so uh so yeah we start off with peter as spider-man swinging around the city flashing back to well last issue there was a cliffhanger where tombstone uh snuck into mary jane's apartment and was basically like you know manhandling her so we're, we're, we finally find out what happened he touches base with mary jane she's wearing like a uh, what is that called on her wrist um like a like dressing a cast sort of like a cast not a cast mm. but whatever yeah like a oh, brace or something? kind of yeah on her wrist <laughs> and she basically explains what happened that she was that he was like literally strong ar arming her into giving up the location of the robertson tape which is for you dave i'll tell you quick Joe Robertson recorded uh, a confession explaining that he witnessed Tombstone murder someone. And and then um, Peter Parker, he was going to give it to Peter Parker. Peter Parker has it, but then he was told not to share it with the public or with the police. So he's trying to 
he's debating about what to do. And that's basically the dilemma of this storyline. And so um, then Tombstone is like, you know, I want, you know, I want to meet Peter Parker in Atlanta. And he tells Peter Parker this over the phone. He's like, I want to meet you in Atlanta. And, you know, we're going to settle this once and for all. But then instead of going as Peter Parker, he goes as Spider-Man. And while he's swinging there, we see, um, again, a continuation of last issue where the Punisher has been captured by the Arranger who works for the Kingpin. And a new supervillain named the Persuader is trying to mind control Punisher into, you know, becoming a bad guy, basically. So then we cut back over to Joe Robertson doing like phys physiotherapy in the hospital and his son is trying to kind of like encourage him to, you know, keep a, a positive attitude and all that stuff. And then while he's getting physiotherapy, Joe Robertson is hallucinating visions of uh, Tombstone who's like trying to intimidate him, blah, blah, blah. Then we cut over to a shocking subplot, which Jerry Conway likes to do. And all of a sudden we're introduced to a woman who looks suspiciously like Gwen Stacy, who died in Amazing Spider-Man 121, I think it was. Mm -hmm. uh, so we don't know who this woman is, but it looks exactly like Gwen Stacy. And then to make things even wackier, <laughs> a UFO with two guys dressed in like weird costumes flies above her and is shooting laser guns at her and talking about a character called the High Evolutionary, but this... Gwen Stacy looking person manages to evade them and hide in a giant sewer pipe. And then we cut away and we go back to the main story and we're back to Spider-Man on this um, building that's being constructed and he confronts the uh, tombstone. And so him and tombstone basically have this big fight. And then just as that's happening, we cut away and we find out that Joe Robertson has decided that he's changed his mind or he doesn't say that yet, but he's basically saying into a tape recorder with Kate Cushing and everyone else around him, Ben Urich and J. Jonah Jameson, he's admitting that the reason he didn't expose Tombstone is because he was afraid. Then we cut back to the fight scene, and Tombstone and Spider-Man are fighting on this building back and forth, and Tombstone is hitting him with his metal pipe and blah, blah, blah. And then we quickly cut back to Joe Robertson, who's explaining things on this tape recorder. Cut back to Spider-Man and Tombstone. Tombstone's hitting him with his metal pipe, hitting him, hitting him, back and forth, back and forth. And then um, it looks like Spider-Man had the tape on him, but the tape falls out and it's landed on top of this elevator. And Tombstone looks down and he sees it and he's going to try and grab it. But then just at that moment, Spider-Man swings around from underneath the floor, kicks him in the face and then starts punching him, punching him, punching. We get these great Sal Buscema close-ups of Tombstone's mouth all getting all bent out of shape and everything. Spider-Man's punching him, wham, wham. And, uh, you know, dodging out of the way and Tombstone hits like this uh, metal beam. And then basically, then Spider-Man says to him one question before we put this to bed. Why didn't you kill Robbie Robertson when you had the chance? And he says, how could I kill him? Robbie's my friend. And then Spider-Man punches him and we get this big Salbusama shot of uh, Tombstone falling. And it looks like he's about to fall to his death. But then Spider-Man shoots his web out. And catches him and doesn't let him die, right? Because he's a superhero. And then he lets him fall into this kind of like garbage truck or whatever it is. And uh, then he goes down. He retrieves the tape. And then we cut back to the scene of the hospital. Joe Robertson gives full confession that he's basically an accessory to murder. Murder. He protected Tombstone for 20 years. He didn't reveal that he saw him murder someone else. 
And then he tells uh, J. Jonah Jameson that he's going to uh, resign as uh, editor-in-chief of the Daily Bugle, but J.J.J. Uh, J. J. won't let him. Then we cut back to the arranger, who's like, oh, well, you know, Tombstone, what a disappointment, what a waste. You know, I thought he would do better than this, but oh, well, he's captured now. We see him getting arrested by the cops. Then we cut back to the arranger sitting in his office, and then who walks in but the Punisher, dressed in full uniform, and he's like, just point me where you want me to go. Just tell me who you want me to kill. So it looks like the Punisher has been successfully brainwashed by the Persuader, and now he's working for the Arranger, and thus working for the Kingpin. And we're going to start off this review with Bex Luthor. Bex Luthor, you oh, tell no. us. Yeah, you <laughs> tell us what you thought of this issue. I was paying attention. Mm. Uh... <laughs> Um, no, I actually like this one, um, and I didn't like any of the tombstone up to this point, but mm. I like the conclusion, so it made me like the rest of it a little bit more. Um, actually, I don't care about the persuader at all. Mm. I don't care about the <laughs> arranger at all. Um, I di I totally forgot that the Gwen Stacy clone was this early, and everything that's going to come after that. I don't even know if we're going to get to half of that on this podcast. Um, so, like, that's... Like, they, they set that up. Did they know what they were going to do? No, just a quick note. The Gwen Stacy clone, I think, appeared in one issue way back in, like, 149. Yeah, 142 to 149 with the original... Um, what's his name? Warren Miles. Okay. And then when, and then supposedly everybody dies in right. that issue, like the, like the jackal, the clone of the jackal, the spider clone. Right. The fur, like supposedly everybody dies, but j just kidding. So then, but, but, but nobody died. Right. But just so you know, I, and I don't want to spoil it, but there's a huge gap between this storyline and the spider clone of like night of the mid nineties. So this is like a temporary little clone story. Yeah, but but this is like. This is this Gwen Stacy clone. It's the same people, right? It's it, like it's as far the as jackal I, and everything. As far as yeah. I know, like, yeah. It just it, but yeah. But I feel like yeah, yeah. It's all this. It's all the same shit. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's all a bunch of clone saga bullshit. Eventually, in uh -huh. thirty years, whatever. Um, besides that, I liked it. <laughs> I I I hate that they put it in this early. Um. And because you know, it's they're not gonna be like next issue. Who's this Gwen Stacy? Like, mm. I think they don't talk about it until another annual, whenever that is. Um, but I like how everyone's there for Robbie. I like that part. I like how um, Spider Man is fighting Tombstone. He's like, hey, guess what? You're just a man, and I'm a Spider Man. And he just beats the shit out of him. And Tombstone is like, who is this guy? Because he's like the coolest mob boss hitman. But then all of a sudden, the guy with the proportionate strength and speed of a spider starts punching you in the face and you realize that you're not hot shit at all. I love that. I love that takedown. Um, yeah, it was good. Actually, like, besides the Gwen Stacy weird subplot interjection and the persuader bullshit, um, pretty straightforward. I'm not really looking forward to the Punisher being brainwashed, though, I gotta say. Not at all. <laughs> it looks hokey. It looks very hokey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, God, when does the Persuader die? It's soon, right? I hope it's soon. It's pretty lame. <laughs> oh, good. He dies. I have something to look forward to. Yes. I don't remember if he dies or if they just never write him again. Right. 
Because it could be one or the other. <laughs> he teams up with the spot later on. <laughs> don't you don't you talk to, about the spot like that? No, I'm saying they write him out completely. Oh. And then yeah. he comes back later, right? Uh, yeah, this... Josh, go ahead. Yeah. This was a... I really like this issue. It was pretty solid. Uh, maybe you guys can fill me in. I think I might have missed something, but the tape that tombstone and spider-man are fighting over that is robbie's confession about tombstone right. correct yes right. okay and the reason why spider-man is trying to get it back is because he wants to destroy it no spider-man has it and i think the idea is that he was gonna give it to tombstone no no he was gonna expose it or something or something he was gonna, was gonna take it um and he wants to destroy it right because it it incriminates tombstone yes but but But, at the beginning of the story spider-man does have the tape right but But why does he bring it with him that's a good question i think it's the rob the rob guy i forget oh it's because tombstone says on the phone i want to meet peter parker you me and the robertson tape so yes that's why peter meets him I think, and okay, so so that's fine. I just want to be clear that that's what's going on in the story. I think that them fighting over the Robertson tape has absolutely no weight to it, and there's no suspense because as it's going on, Robbie is creating a new tape. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You that's know what I mean? It, I think it would have been pretty interesting if. Right at the beginning, Tombstone bests Spider-Man. He crumbles the tape in his hand. And then we have to see Spider-Man rise back up and defeat Tombstone while we're cutting back and forth of Robbie confessing again and making a new tape and turning a new leaf. But, like, there's no, like, weight in that fight of, like, oh, is Tombstone going to get the tape? Is he not going to get the tape? What's going to happen? Because it, it doesn't matter. Robbie's, Robbie's already went to the police. So mm-hmm. Tombstone's whole, like, goal is moot at this point because it's, he, you know, he can make a thousand tapes now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it meant a lot more when when we weren't sure if Robbie was ever going to come clean. And that was, that was um, Spidey's only chance to, to incriminate tombstone. Right. So mm-hmm. um, that, that is like my only complaint. And I feel like it could have just been done if things were just like shuffled around page wise or like panel wise. Sure. Um, but all in all, I thought it was a pretty solid issue. And, and, and then the other thing was the needless hook. That's, for a different story completely in the middle of the freaking issue. I hate when this happens. If the, if the Gwen Stacy thing was the last thing to happen, I don't care. It right. would be totally fine. Right. But we have to stop the action to be like, oh, by the way, uh, yeah, something's going on with a clone of Gwen Stacy, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyways, right. back to our regular scheduled, you know, program. It's it's so weird and jarring to to keep doing that. Right. Right, but especially since it happened when it happened, like yeah, R- Robbie's having this really like crazy, like he, not crazy, but he's having a moment where he's seeing a vision of Tombstone, um, while his son is trying to help him walk again. So it kind of is like inappropriate to kind of shoehorn in where they did. Right. And he's like, it's almost like a ghost of Tombstone mocking him. And then we cut over to a person who's been dead for years. 
So it's yeah. so it's such a strange uh, plot point, and to put it in the middle of the story and have it to n- like have it to do with nothing else, it's super annoying. Agreed. But they could even have it like after they have the end and have like a almost like a backup issue, right? A backup story where it's like something well, else completely happening that can slowly build up to something later on in the comic. You or, know what or, I mean? It just well, almost, feels or more like a post credits, like maybe have the letters yeah. page, but then have one more page or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh Dave, have you given your review yet? No. <laughs> okay, what do <laughs> you think of this one? Do you want me to? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, of course. I, I, th- <laughs> I thought I thought this issue was good as well. Um the tape thing was I, I kind of am in agreement there with Josh. Cause like He's doing all this stuff, and then at the same time, he's just like, "Ah, I'll just, I'll just fucking confess right now." Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and who knows? Maybe Spider-Man has another copy back home. But whatever. Um, I, I did think it was a good issue, and uh, I do think that Tombstone kind of looks like Willem Dafoe. Um, yeah. A little bit. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Obviously, you know he's not exactly the same, but it reminds me of him a little bit um in some movies but uh yeah no i thought it was interesting and then there's that weird part with the gwen stacy thing which i was like oh okay i remember that kind of but all right where's the rest of the story but it was it was pretty good i i would say yeah read it recommend it okay now i gotta ask you what did you think about the art in this issue are you gonna ask me every time yes of course that's why are you gonna do dave why do you do that? Okay. Uh, uh, um, yeah, the art was good. I don't know who drew this one. I guess I could look. Um, Sub you know. Okay. Uh, I want to point to page five um, when Peter Parker is yelling on the phone with Tombstone mm. and there's a homeless person and then there's that cat. I just want to point out the cat <laughs> in that one shot. Yeah. Uh, when she's frightened, the cat's like, got to get that hand food or whatever she's dropping um that's it i wanted to point out that cat uh it's the little details you know um yeah. i thought the art was good in this and even if you look in the third panel you see tombstone in the background as this is all going down um which is pretty cool good point yeah there's a lot of detail cats. in the art is what i'm saying mm-hmm. uh i think once again sal busema has outdone himself i, I think this issue is great for the art you know, again, we should point out Salvi Sema has been a Marvel artist since the 60s. Alex Sabiak oh. started in DC in the 70s and Todd McFarlane started in the 80s. So in a way, we have three generations of artists here, right? Like completely different yeah. styles. But uh, again, when I was a kid, I didn't really like Salvi Sema that much. But now I love his art looking back on it. I have one more question. Sure. Um, how long has Robbie Robertson been a character in Spider-Man? Like... Did he go back to the 60s or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 60s, yeah. Just because I'm not sure if anyone recognizes the similarity between his name and the guitarist in the band, which is exactly the same. Um, but I don't. I think it was just a coincidence. That's a good point. Um, well, technically his name is Joe Robbie Robertson and Robbie Robertson's mm-hmm. name is Robbie Robertson. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's a good point. Maybe yeah, maybe he was Joe Robertson and then they gave him the nickname afterwards of Robbie yeah, Robertson. Know. What year was this issue? This is 88. The, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, that would have been way after like the band got famous and all that stuff, but But he was introduced mm-hmm. yeah, in the 60s obviously. 
Okay. Yeah. I thought I thought I yeah, okay. Um, yeah, and he he was more of like a background character at the start and then he's kind of like slowly become a more like regular character and then I think this is the first time I remember him in all of the stuff that we've read be like a main character. He's always just kind of been like yeah. Yeah. Now, and uh, w- w- I I think we might have touched on this but Jerry Conway said that when he was trying to think of a a, a character to tie Tombstone in with because he was doing spectacular and not amazing, he had to find a character that wasn't like it couldn't be Mary Jane, it couldn't be Jay Jonah, it couldn't be Flash Thompson. So that's why he kind of went down the rung of mm. supporting characters and ended up on Joe Robertson because he hadn't really been in the spotlight much, like you said, you know. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, okay. So I guess so, Dave, mm-hmm. what is your favorite issue of this uh, batch that you've read? I would say. Uh... Two, three, one. So, uh, Amazing Spider-Man followed by Spectacular and then... Web. The Web, yeah. Okay, okay. All right. Well, so I, I recommend this one. Do you recommend this one, Dave? Yeah. Awesome. Do. Josh, do you recommend it? Yeah, definitely. This is a really fun arc altogether. I would recommend all of them. All right. Bex Luthor? Yeah, no, definitely. Um yeah, I did. It, I did enjoy it more than I thought I was going to. So that's always great. I like liking stuff. Cool. And there's more subplots to come with uh, Gwen Stacy. Never Stacey. mind. I take it back. Okay. <laughs> and GI Jolie, do you recommend this one? Uh, I don't want to bring the average down. So yes. Okay. <laughs> Go for that's it. You're allowed to. Yeah. Not let, let's hear yeah. it. That was my whole college career. Do it. <laughs> Destroying the bell curve. Uh, Get fucked. Mm. I, I'm so in, I'm invested. This is the last of the tombstone things so far. So yeah, mm-hmm. if you have been reading tombstones, little like smatterings here and there, then yeah, sure, go ahead and read it. It doesn't doesn't really make sense without the other three. Yeah. All right, so I guess that wraps up another episode. Uh, we want to thank Dave Constantino for joining us for the third time. Thank you, Dave. Thanks for inviting me again. Hope you had fun. I had a spectacular time. Oh. I get it, I get it. Um, <laughs> I want everyone to be sure to join us for the next episode of Here Comes the Spider Cast. Because we're going to be reviewing three episodes of the cartoon again. And the episodes we're reviewing, coincidentally, the first one's going to feature Tombstone. What? Yeah. Episode 3-9. Season 3, episode 9, Tombstone. The second one's going to feature Venom. The third one's going to feature Carnage. So be sure to join us next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, we want to thank G.I. Jolie and Bex Luther for joining us as well. Woo! Woo! Thank you. Welcome. Yeah. And uh, Josh, you can take it from here. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast, too. Um, It really helps when you leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts, or you can uh, contact us through Twitter or Facebook at the Comic Book Syndicate. Uh, Please let us know what you guys think about the comics and the podcast. We want to keep that comics conversation going. That's right. Not on Twitter. But yeah, until next week. See you later.